You're listening to the awesome Podcast Network. On this week's Blast to the Past, 80s Revisited, we talk about my personal picks for the best, let me rephrase that, favorite films of 1985, as well as what the critics said about movies and music for the year we call 1985. Coming up on 80s Revisited. This is 80s Revisited. I'm your producer, Jesse Sedgley. And now, your host, Trey Harris. We built this city. We built this city on rock and roll. We built this city. We built this city on rock and roll. And we built this podcast on blood, sweat, tears, and paper clips and some glue and a little bit of spit mm-hmm. welcome back to the latest greatest episode of age visited i'm your host trey harris with me as always my loyal producer and mastermind of the awesome podcast network jesse sedgley yes i am and today we don't have a particular movie because we're taught we're proceeding down or up the ladder uh as we go year by year through the 80s with my personal top 10 favorite not best because that's those are two different things sure so I want everybody to understand, this is the best films of 1985. Hmm, my pretentious cap is not on right now. These are my 10 favorite films of 1985, halfway through the decade. These and are the opinions of Trey Harris and not the Awesome Podcast Network. <laughs> <laughs> I got to put a disclaimer just in case somebody gets violently upset right. yeah. with something. I'll burn this city. <laughs> It's like, have, was it Steve Ashimi and not uh, Billy Madison? That was the. Was it, it was Steve Ashimi, wasn't it? The, he's in all those kind of movies. But he's the one so that yeah. he called him. Hey, sorry, I picked on you in high school. Whatever. Oh, he's right. like, oh, thanks, ha- uh, thanks, Billy, and he crosses his name off the <laughs> list and he puts the lipstick on and lays down. <laughs> I think that was Bushimi. I'm pretty sure it was Bushimi. Write us at 80s Revisited uh, at Gmail and send your corrections. Or on Twitter <laughs> at at, uh, at 80s Revisited. Say Trey, you got it wrong, or Trey, you got it right. Uh, my wife tells me that every day. The second, the latter, and or the the first, first yeah. one, and unfortunately, <laughs> it's the the latter is rare, right? Even though I am right most of the time, but to hear her say just, it, huh? Yeah, <laughs> eh, whatever, <laughs> you know. Anyway, if you were going for number ten, if you were heading to the theater on November twenty seventh, nineteen eighty five, almost to nineteen eighty six, Starship would be tearing up the charts. What we built the city, which you're listening to right now, a great track in my opinion. I remember as a kid loving that song. But you'd be on the way to the theater to see, up until a couple years ago, the last good Rocky movie, Rocky IV, as Rocky would take on Ivan Drago. And mm. poor Apollo Creed would meet his demise at the hands of the villainous Dolph Lundgren. Which, uh, by the way, to tie it into today, uh, Lundgren is in training for the sequel to Creed, so Ivan Drago will be in Creed too, in some capacity. Very interesting. If you, you know, Is it going to be like a Karate Kid type thing where he's training... Some other person, and of course, Rocky is training Apollo's son. Yeah. So is that going to be like, you know, they're going to be Rocky and Drago are going to be the coaches? Or is it going to be more like a Rocky Three situation where Drago's like, I'm sorry about your friend. I didn't mean to kill him. And then him and Rocky yeah. team up to help train, oh, train Creed. Him. So See, that makes more sense to me. Yeah. I would Since like that better. Apology at some of, point. Yeah. Unlike, what was it, Karate Kid 2, where like at the end of the end of Karate Kid 1, he like hands him the trophy. He's like, you earned this, you know, whatever he said. And at the beginning of part two, he's like in that parking lot. Yeah, and he like breaks the window with his <laughs> he's, fist. He's and, a dick again. Yeah, all of a sudden. <laughs> <laughs> so oh, it yeah. makes sense if they remember the last movie and yeah. remember the other movies and do it right. I mean, I would imagine in terms of Creed 2 that uh, because, again, Stallone, he knows how to write it. He can write a movie. He can write a story. Right. I imagine it's not going to be that trope. True. It's yeah. going to be more like. We need some help, or like I got an old friend coming. You know, it's gonna it's gonna make yeah. sense for the mythology of Rocky for Drago to be back. Yeah, at least I'm hoping, and they just don't jump the shark or something. <laughs> and, and Drago's yeah. still like a peak human specimen, and Creed has to, to fight him. Ass. Yeah, <laughs> you kill my dad, and then they're fighting in the ring or something. <laughs> you know, it's but that's, yeah, oh, that's, that's a, a good point though. Yeah, that, but that's an interesting dynamic. No matter how they play it off, because yeah, he killed your father in the ring. Right, right. But you know, so it'll be interesting regardless, and hmm. I'm excited for it. Because uh, there was only one bad Rocky, in my opinion. It was Rocky Five. Hey, mm. Don't like Rocky Five. But anyway, so that's my number four. Wow. 
And Trey really liked Rocky Four. you might be saying, if you remember when we reviewed the two, three Rocky movies that came out in the 80s. It's been so long. But the next one, the next film, released just a little less than a month afterwards on December 21st. And, oh, it was not still Starship tearing up the tracks. It was actually a song that I don't know. Oh, wait, no. Wait, is that it? Yeah, I looked at the wrong thing. Never mind. Of course I know this song. You head into the theater. Well, actually, you pro- unless you lived in Los Angeles or New York, you probably didn't, or Japan. Actually, probably, if you, unless you were in Japan, you didn't see this movie when it released on December 21st, 1985, because mm. it's a Japanese animated film, oh. Vampire Hunter D. It was ah. the first uh, anime film I ever saw. It actually, I, I, mean, I didn't mind too. I didn't see it in 1985, obviously. No, I didn't. Either. It came on many years later on TBS, and I'm watching it like, well, what's this cartoon? Mm-hmm. I'm like, holy sh! Like, I'm like, it came on late night, like at night too. It's so like, why is this cartoon on late at night? And immediately fascinated by the imagery and just everything, I was like, this is the coolest thing I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. And then wasn't until many years later when uh, manga video actually started bringing uh, titles such as Akira, Fist of the North Star, over to. Mm, excuse me. We just had a fantasy football draft, and I ate a lot of food that didn't agree with me. <laughs> so sorry about that. But uh, you know, so this uh, Vampire D came out. It was much later. I was like, oh, I remember that movie. Oh God, it was so awesome. Had it on VHS. Had it on Blu-ray, uh, DVD. Got it on Blu-ray. Hmm. L- always, always love Vampire Hunter D. It's a fantastic film, and I've mentioned it before. Actually, over a year ago, probably, uh, with a. Uh, that we're gonna do manga month eventually. We'll get to it, but uh, it's probably gonna be after Halloween this year because this is the last episode of August, and then we have less than a month until Halloween horror begins. So I already got that mapped out. Be posting some teasers about that soon. <laughs> what was that? Did you just? What was that? This? There was no. It was some clip of some dude with a mullet drumming. Uh, that's from the Starship oh. video we're playing. Wow! There. What an unfortunate <laughs> freeze frame <laughs> with that bad king effect. Yeah. Oh man. Sorry. Sorry. I know you can't Probably see had this back then. <laughs> That's true. Maybe in the future you will be able to see it. Yeah. But if things go the way we were talking off air. Yeah. But yeah, Vampire Hunter D, if you haven't seen it leading up to October, it's a great movie to watch, not just in October, but anytime. Mm-hmm. And also had a fantastic sequel, if I could speak, Vampire Hunter D Bloodlust, which may even had a higher level of animation in terms of detail, but it maintained that same gothic feel and look, and it was and a good story. So I don't know if yeah. you've seen that one, Jesse, but it's a, it is a worthy sequel to the original Vampire Hunter D. But the next film, number eight, moving on up, August 9th, 1985. Uh, another, uh, this is a one, actually, I believe all but maybe two of these films we've already covered on the podcast, one being Vampire Hunter D, which will be done, I promise, after we get through Halloween. Uh, but the next one we covered on the podcast, it seems like it was one of the early ones, too. I don't remember. I didn't look it up. But anyway, August 9th, you'd be listening to a, one of the great 80s bands, Tears for Fears, and probably their most well-known song, not their best if you ask me by any stretch of the imagination, but Shout by Tears to Fears on August 9th, 1985 as you're heading to the theater to see Pee-wee's Big Adventure and Mm. Tim Burton's directing debut in terms of a full-length feature. And unfortunately, I'm sorry to say, I I related to Pee-wee a lot the past week because my bike was stolen from the apartment complex that Mm. I live in. So if you have any information on Trey's bike... I think you need to go on a big adventure. <laughs> well, yeah. The lady at the front told me to check the... I went to the psychic down the road here on the end of College Drive, and she said to go check the basement of the Alamo. So <laughs> right after we podcast and I watch Game of Thrones, I'm headed to Texas. You do have to cross through Houston, though. Hmm. I hear there's some traffic over there. Trey's right big adventure. Trey's big <laughs> adventure. That's all right. Yep. So our thoughts. We, we lived through the flood already a, year, a little over a year ago, and everybody, to date this podcast, it's... Houston's getting the same thing yeah, yeah. that we had last year, so our thoughts are with them. Uh, so any any fans of the podcast, we hope you're doing okay. If you're in, if there's any out there, Houston's the most popular city in the United States, so yeah. I'm sure at least one person in Houston listens to us. Yeah. We're with you, bro, or sis, <laughs> or whatever you identify as. Or you're probably it's 2017, just probably dry and okay. Yeah, I hope so. If you're listening to a podcast, if there you not, go. You got to think the right. And we hope that if, that if you are in that situation, this brings you a little happiness into your day. No. You know, I don't want to like elaborate too much because it's probably the wound is still too fresh. So. Sure, but our thoughts are with you in the yeah. discussion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, anyway, my, yeah, my bike got stolen and uh, went through all that. Really sucked. I had a nice bike. Uh, invested a lot of money in it in autumn. I've wife. been looking. Every time I drive around, I look really close. Yeah, that, uh, <laughs> I check Craigslist. 
Yeah. And I appreciate it, definitely. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so, and then it was funny. We're sitting there talking, like, God, she's like, I can't believe somebody saw your bike. And I'm, I don't know how Pee Wee felt. You know, just, oh. <laughs> and I, we joked that, like, I'm bound to have passed it, like, yeah. looking the wrong way out of my mirror, out of my car as I'm driving, and the bike just goes by in the background. <laughs> and I look back, and it's already behind a tree or something. But anyway. You need a yeah. shirt that says, what would Pee Wee do? <laughs> <laughs> well, I told Autumn, I got a new bike, I just need to paint it, like, bright pink. Right. Put, like, you know, uh... All sorts I love of identify. What's, uh... Well, not so much that, but just to deter... It was, uh, obviously, a male perpetrator stole my bike. Sure. Because me and Autumn's bikes were chained together in the same chain to yeah. just make it easier when we were unlocking them. Then her bike was still sitting there, untouched. They took... They knew, they knew to took mine. They took the male bike. Uh, you know, I think it's storm inside. Uh, and it was funny. I mentioned I was like, nah, I don't want those dirty bikes inside. I'm like, well, you okay? Did you get a hook hanging on a wall? Yeah, like Seinfeld in the background. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but Petey wasn't up for it. So, mm. but now I mean, that was one of the first things I told her. <laughs> I said, see if we put the bikes inside, I'd still have yeah, one. That's true. You know, very passive aggressively as usual, as husbands yeah. and wives do to each other when they when something like that happens. But uh, well, if y'all want to storm here, you could. <laughs> thank you. I appreciate it. I know you have the room. <laughs> In our little apartment, there's not much room. Yeah. But anyway, so moving on up. Up the countdown. October 4th, 1985. Ooh, one of my favorite songs by that group that we're about to do. <laughs> to but one of yeah. the greatest action films of all time, and one also covered on the podcast, which I deemed the definitive Schwarzenegger Nigger, excuse me, action film, uh, none other than Commando. Uh, you know, October 4th, 1985, you'd be listening to, if you don't know that, I'm going to give it a second. You should know this song for two reasons. One, the video is fantastic. And two, Weird Al parodied it on UHF with the Beverly Hillbillies, which is actually superior to this version. Because <laughs> I like Weird Al better than I like Dire Straits. Not this... Uh, disrespecting the talent of Mark Knopfler. Speaking of, Mark Knopfler, singer and guitarist for Dire Straits, also did the soundtrack for The Princess Bride. Oh. Which, if you remember that episode, I mentioned it on that, I'm pretty sure. But yeah, Commando. As I've said, I, b- I believe it is the definitive Schwarzenegger film. If you want to break, just break it down. One-liners. Absolutely over-the-top action. Ridiculous stunts. Ridiculous kills. A body count that, you know, nearly eclipses the number one on this list. Uh, is it Arnold's best film? No, but when you think when if you have to define to somebody this is what Arnold meant for action movies, there's no better example than Commando, a scenery chewing villain. Mm-hmm. I mean, you got everything's in this movie. An '80s yeah. television star, springboard, <laughs> blatantly <laughs> popping up out of this lawn all over the place. You know, so uh, never uh, Commando will always be a fun movie. Yeah, but it should never be on anybody's top five Arnold Schwarzenegger movies. All right. Uh, if you ask me. But anyway, half, almost halfway through, number six, a film that will be covered very soon because it is one of my favorite films and it released uh, December 13th, or I'm sorry, yeah, December 13th, which I think you'd be back to, oh no, a different one. Hmm, I thought it was going to be close. But yeah, uh, December 13th, 1985, it'd be a mystery. What are you going to see? I wonder, but I'll give you a hint. Tim Curry, Madeline Kahn. Uh, I know this. Michael... Oh, what's his name? Michael McKean? Whatever from Better Call yeah. Saul. Is it McKean? Yeah, Christopher Lloyd. Yeah, oh, yep. How could I forget Christopher Lloyd as know. Professor Plum? I did just rewatch this like two weeks ago. <laughs> Such a good movie. It is. It, like, <laughs> it, it holds up so well. And this was while I was researching like ideas that we can do in one location. It all takes place in one house. Yeah. Like, we can make our own clue <laughs> mystery. Yeah. And there I, you go. I, it's yeah. clue in case you didn't know what we're talking right. about. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, that's something I thought about us doing was a murder mystery, mm-hmm. but in episodes. Yeah, that'd Make be fun. If that's something you'd like to see, write us at 80s Revisited. Hey, there you go. But uh, you'd be listening to, to... What's this? Mr. Mr. Mister. Yeah. Broken Wings. Not one of my favorites, but everybody's heard this song in sure. a movie or somewhere. But yeah, Clue. Haven't covered it on the podcast. That's the, that's the other one on this list we haven't done yet. But believe me, we'll get to it. I watch it at least once, twice a year. Uh, it was actually one of the, uh, in one of the local theaters, one of the, uh, not flashback movies, or just the uh, classic series, what they call it, Cinemark. So I actually had to see Clue in the theater. Uh, I was kind of disappointed in one regard, because they did all the endings. 
Whereas when Clue originally came out, spoiler for when we ever cover the, it on the podcast, but in its, you haven't. in its theatrical run, it was one of those I would say for like maybe a possible like lead up to Halloween, which hey, maybe we'll do it in yeah. just a week or two. Yeah, maybe. Uh, but I, uh, it's fresh on my mind. Hey, there you go. <laughs> I mean, that's that's a movie like I can if you talked about a part, I can jump right in because I've seen it so many times and it's yeah. so so fucking good, man. It is. It's like <laughs> Tim Tim Curry in the end. Yeah. Like, not, just that, I mean, where he's carrying the movie for the last 20 minutes. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's just like, God, it just makes me so sad that... And not, it just speeds along. There's no slow moments. Yeah. It's just yeah. bam, bam, bam. And then we're like... And the whole ensemble, the cast, everything. We're getting ahead of the podcast when we actually cover it. <laughs> but, <yeah. laughs> but anyway, what I was saying is when it came out, in its original theatrical run, they had different different prints. Because, of course, in the 80s, everybody, it, movies weren't digitally unlocked like by, via a code in the internet in modern right, theaters. Right. It was sent on reels on film. That's why they're called films. Yeah. Because they're filmed on film. Not so much anymore. I mean, they got yeah. to change terminology, I guess. Now they should be called data. Yeah. You still watch data? that data. Yeah, that new data looks awesome, man. <laughs> That's like my favorite data. Yeah, I really like how they put it all together. <laughs> all the ones and zeros just right. Yeah, but if you haven't seen Clue, it has three different endings. Yeah. And in the original theatrical run, you didn't know which ending you were going to get. So people would oh, go back awesome. to the theater to see which ending they might get, A, B, or C. That's clever. Uh, and in fact, on the Blu-ray, there's an option. You can watch theatrical to where it will pick a random ending. Or you watch the home video release, which has all three. Right. And they just do the silent movie cards. Like, that's one way it happened. They yeah. play the next one. That's one way it could have happened. And, here's how, and then the last card for the final ending is, here's how it really happened. Right. And that's the saddest ending because, spoiler alert, <laughs> five, four, three, two, one, two, Curry dies in that one. I don't like that ending. Did he? Yeah. Good shot, Green. That's right. That's right. Like the other endings where he's working with J. Edgar Hoover. <laughs> I don't yeah. like the ending where he's the bad guy. <laughs> yeah, the first ending is the J. Edgar Hoover. Yeah. Second ending is the woman. Miss Scarlet. Scarlet, yeah. And then the other one is Michael McKean. Is, being the good guy. Yeah, being the good guy. Yeah, which is an unexpected one in terms of like the, the way the, the movie sets it up. Yeah. And the funny thing is once you know the endings... And you're watching when, when he's because re- he recounts it as you know because you just watched it. Sure. And like everything he says is exactly right. Yeah. As you're watching yeah. the movie, like they 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 shot it correctly for that time to know that <laughs> smart enough to if you're not the first time you watch it if you're not if you're not paying attention. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. Of course, Miss Peacock wasn't in that room. Yes. Yeah. Miss uh, Mrs. White wasn't there either. And the human. <laughs> This has basically become a Clue episode. i got to stop myself. Right. Okay, we're moving on. We're moving they're on. We're moving up, on. They're all the broken wings. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Could at least pick the better song, I guess, yeah. to elaborate on. But moving on to number five, April 18th, Jesse, 1985. April 18th. Oh, that's a big one. Yeah, that's a song. <laughs> but yeah, another, uh, this is one we have covered on the podcast, and arguably one of Tim, definitely one of Tim Curry's better films. Uh, and also one of Tom Cruise's better films. You should have guessed it by now. It's Legend. Uh, and the number one song at, on the radio at that time was none other than We Are the World. And remember that one because it'll come back up later when we talk about the Grammy Awards. Spoiler alert! But yeah, uh, Legend, we covered on the podcast back when Ridley Scott made good films mm. as opposed to Alien Covenant, which, fucking, ugh, good God. Such a such a letdown. But Legend, I mean, the makeup alone is astounding. Tim Curry, like, if you didn't know that was Tim Curry, it, he is lost in that role. There's there's no, like, identifiable visual. There's no, I mean, his voice in that role. Everything about his character of darkness in there is just amazing. And as a kid, that was my, vi- that's what I thought the devil looked like. I mean, of course, he's obviously meant to look like the devil because he's darkness. But, you know, that they took that stereotypical view of what the devil looks like and cranked it up with 80s practical effects. And it's still one of the greatest characters, uh, physical onset, non-CG characters ever put the film, in my opinion. Yeah, and that's awesome. why, when I look, that film was made in 1985, and you watch Beauty and the Beast today, and you're telling me they couldn't improve on that? Right. Go watch American Werewolf in London. They couldn't improve upon that today? Rick Baker's still out there doing makeup and winning Academy Awards? There's no excuse to go CG these days, like with something like that. But that's a rant for another time. The bottom line is, Legend is still phenomenal. Still, just it's the entire package. Fantasy. I mean, it did Lord of the Rings before Lord of the Rings, in terms of the film world. Put it to you that way. Uh, I would put it. I personally would put Legend on the same level as Lord of the Rings in terms of like top fantasy films. It would. 
I mean, just trying to think off the top of my head, it would be in the top three for sure. Legend, Willow. I know I'm missing something big off the top of my head, but was that? Oh, wow. I was at a costume shop a couple of years ago and I saw behind the counter they had one of these costumes and it actually looked really good. Was it with the mat, like the r- big rubber the mask? big rubber mask. Yeah, I've yeah. seen that sold online before. I was like, damn. Yeah, it looked pretty good. <laughs> yeah. Lord of Darkness. And then other people make their own. I just Googled Legend Costume Devil. God, I mean, I mean just look at that, that. The makeup job on that. Well, that's a mini, but yeah. Just And then Tim Curry's... Tim Curry? That's, you know, scrawny. Yeah. Frankenfurter is in that, in that costume. It's amazing. That's like... Absolutely one of the top makeup film makeup jobs in the history of film to me. Bar yeah, none. That is so impressive. The prep for the day had to be pretty extensive. Oh, no joke. And then that was when Ridley Scott was making good movies. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, look at his, look at Legend. Look at Blade Runner. And then compare it to what he's making today. It's just, it's, it's not even the same guy. It's not even the same fucking sport. It just, ugh. That's why, like, Blomkamp should have been allowed to make his vision of Alien and not let Ridley Scott make Prometheus 2. Like I mentioned before, if it was called Prometheus 2 Covenant, I probably would have liked it. But don't name it Alien, and then it's a sequel to Prometheus, and the alien doesn't show up for the until the last 10 minutes of the movie. Bleh. Hmm. Anyway, moving on up to number four, February 15th, 1985, another one we covered on the podcast, and my personal favorite John Hughes film of all time, bar none, none other than The Breakfast Club. Excuse me, there's that food again. Sorry, guys and girls. <laughs> but you'd be listening to none other than the late, great George Michael in, I wouldn't say one one of his better ones, but not his best, with Careless Whisper. Well, actually, wait, no. Is it Wham? February what? It's February yeah. uh, 15th. Yeah, that's... Yeah, that's right. Oh, yeah. 15th. Uh-oh. Wait, was it? We have a flaw, guys. We have a flaw. Stand by, stand by. You said February 15th? Yeah. Well, that changes everything. Sorry, George Michael. <laughs> we were not listening to you. I mean, unless we were listening to the number two mm. album. But However, yeah. a great, great 80s band. Not that George Michael was an icon of the 80s as well, sure. but in terms of uh, light rock or, you know, yeah, what barely hard rock. 85 definitely changed. That was a, that was a, <laughs> that was a big change year as far as music. Yep. Uh, I don't remember it being like this in 84. Maybe I gotta go back and listen. You can go back and listen. Just look in our iTunes and subscribe while you're there and leave a comment. But yeah, 1984, I remember the music was a little better. It was. There was you know, <laughs> some Paul McCartney in there and yeah. some other stuff. But uh, Foreigner, I want to know what love is. Now, I like Foreigner. They're not by any stretch of the imagination my favorite band or anything, but they have some good songs. Jukebox Hero is awesome on Guitar Hero. Uh... Our friend Jason always karaoke's urgent at the Halloween yeah, party every year, and he kills it. Yeah. Uh, you know, so I like Foreigner, but they're definitely one of my favorites. Uh, you know, I always listen to Journey over them or many, several other bands as well. But they got some good stuff. I ain't going to complain if I hear Foreigner on the radio. But yeah, number... Wait, did I already talk about... Yeah, we're showing did Breakfast we Club. Yeah. Breakfast Club, <laughs> Got a little lost in the, in the tunes there, because I want to know what love is. And so did, you know, some of the characters in the Breakfast Club as they, you know spent that Saturday together but yeah we did that on an episode as well that was one of the earlier ones too I believe when Daniel was still here uh, not really much to say other than what we said on the podcast about it before because it's I think that's John who John he's John Hughes John who's John who's John who's to me that's just when I think of a John Hughes film you know Autumn thinks of 16 Candles or uh, Pretty in Pink which understandably so they're uh, a little more along the romantic aspect of teen of the teenage years that John Hughes so amazingly and eloquently writes and puts the film to be, you know, a 40-year-old guy writing relatable high school movies which he's known for. And in addition to Home Alone and Planes, Trains and Automobiles and numerous classics, but The Breakfast Club always struck a chord with me just in how he just nailed the high school hierarchy which I used that term many times when we talked about high school movies last week in fact on Heather's I believe. Uh, just of, yeah, you know, you have your groups in high school, you have your basket cases, your jocks, your outcasts, your princesses, and he just nailed it. And then just mm-hmm. perfectly encapsulated 
you know, the real high school, not to say by the bell high school, but this, that is how high school works. And I think no other movie before or since has ever done it as poignantly as the breakfast club did it in 1985 and rest in peace, John Hughes. But uh, now the top three, and this, this was hard. This was hard to like pick which one of these would be Trey's top. So all of these are worthy to be number one for the year, but I had to put them in an order that suited me. But the first one actually came out on June 7th, 1985, a summer blockbuster. Uh, <clears throat> and you'd be listening to, oh, wow. Could totally do an American Psycho reference right there. Do you like Phil Collins? Because that's what you'd be listening to on the way to see <laughs> The Goonies and Sissusudio. Not one of my favorite Phil Collins songs, but hey. It's, it's, it's only for one week. <laughs> that's why. It wasn't his best. <laughs> that's yeah. for sure. But uh, this is this is peak 80s Phil Collins, though, in terms of musically. <laughs> so, Sissusudio. Anytime there's a movie that takes place in the 80s, this is one of the tunes that usually comes up as well. But yeah, number three for me. <laughs> First comment, you like? <laughs> and it's Bob Patrick Bateman. <laughs> now, how many people in that thirty-two replies? How many people know, like, get the joke, or just like? I mean, they got. I mean, six hundred eighty-four, uh, six eight hundred forty-eight likes on that comment. So it's it's a top comment. I mean, but you know, there's people like, why is it a top comment? Yeah, this is Patrick there... Bateman guy. Yeah. Next guy says, I'm going to fucking hookers and flexing in the mirror. This is a song I listen to. <laughs> That's great. Uh, That's awesome. You two for the win on the comments on that one. But yeah, yeah, number three for me, The Goonies. And like I said, it's a tough, the top three are all amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and The Goonies, iconic Richard Donner film. I've later go on, or actually Lethal Weapon was before 85, I believe. So, you know, in between Lethal Weapons, Richard Donner's making... Kids films. Wait, you said Lethal, lethal Weapon was before 85? I think. Wasn't it 84? Or was it 86? That was 85. If it was, I missed it, and it would be on, It should be on this list. 87. Ah, oh, never mind. I'm, I was way off, too. I'm not the expert. I'm bad I'm with dates. Producer. I'm bad with dates, too. We know that. <laughs> yeah. So I'm not an expert, either. Wow. I'm not a date person. I just know it was in the 80s. So, yeah, before he did uh, Lethal Weapon, we had the Goonies. So before he made, you know, an adult buddy, buddy cop flick, he made... One of the, if not, actually the definitive kids, right. uh, you know, uh, ragtag band of kids, a kid adventure movie. Yeah. Often imitated, never equaled. But you've seen its influence and everything from Super 8 a few years ago to Stranger Things, which is coming back for its second season very soon. And I cannot be more excited. About time to start rewatching the first season to uh, refresh everything. But the Goonies still like, in fact, Jesse can attest, I'm literally wearing yep, the Goonies a Goonies shirt, shirt right that? now because Goonies never say die. Hey. <laughs> uh, there's, oh God, such a good movie. Just, I mean, Corey Feldman, Century Millennium, referenced in that music video <laughs> with Sean Astin, which was the brother of the star of Garbage Pro Kids a couple weeks ago. So it all ties in together. It's all the 80s. But yeah, the Goonies. And there, there's no wrong answers on this countdown. Believe me, I know, like, how could you say the Goonies is number three? Well, wait till you hear what number one and number two are, because right. you understand these are tough. But then number two, we're going to go back to February 15th. The same day The Breakfast Club came out. Oh, we all remember what song that was. <laughs> Not Wham. Yep. Back to Foreigner. But we've already heard it. So uh, anyway, we've been going back to yeah, Foreigner. Yeah, I can just resume it. Oh, hey, there you go. It up. Right where we left off. So we went back to February 15th, back to Foreigner, and back to the future as number two. One of the definitive films of the entire decade Along with a couple of, I mean, you ha- I mean no, look at it. Screw it. it. I'm going to give George Michael some time. Hell yeah. Good good call, Jesse. I support that decision. <laughs> Rest in peace, George Michael. Such a good, like. And he didn't under- take over till that Saturday. If if Back to the Future came out on Friday, yeah. I don't know. In case you didn't catch it on the maybe you went to see Breakfast Club on Friday yeah. and went to see Back to the Future on Saturday, yeah. timeline makes sense. Yeah, you were listening to Carol's Whisper. There you go. <laughs> I agree with that logic completely. Anyway, but, uh, you know, in 85, we, again, we haven't got to 86 yet. That'll be the next one in a few weeks down the road. But 86 is all, often looked back as, like, the greatest year in movie history for most people. Aliens, uh, Big Trouble in China, I think. Uh, just a ton of movies coming in 86. We'll get to that next time, like I said. But look at this year, 85 iconic films. Uh, arguably, the set, you know, in a sense, the definitive Rocky movie, in a way. Rocky One's still the best, don't get me wrong. But Rocky Four, were, you were, they basically personify the Cold War in a boxing ring. 
and have an anti-war message at the end of it. That's 80s, man. Yeah. That, I mean, oh, God. Pee-wee's Big Adventure. Uh, the definitive Schwarzenegger film. Commando. Definitive John Hughes film. Ridley Scott's second best film. Tim Curry's one of his best films. And then you got The Goonies and Back to the Future. These are these top three. I mean, most of these films in this top ten are just are still iconically referenced today, and their influences felt in new, excuse me, numerous mediums. Uh, Back to the Future recently had a a, a game. Yep. Uh, Telltale game. And then uh, of course they had the anniversary of when Marty when came back came. to. Uh, to, in part two, to the future, uh, mm-hmm. you know, Christopher Lloyd and, and Mc, Marty were doing all the uh, talk show circuits to because yeah. it was Back to the Future Day, you know, and they showed up and did a bit I think on Jimmy Kimmel and it was fantastic. I mean, there was your Back to the Future yeah. four right there and five minute skit. It was great, uh, and they kind of copied that with the X Files too with Jimmy Kimmel where they came back using their giant cell phones instead of the iPhones and so he's kind of the king of doing that, bringing the these older franchises like. For some reason, when they come back, he'll bring them on a show, but they have to act like they're still when they came out. It's a great comedic effect. But yeah, uh, Back to the Future, number two. So what could be number one? Well, it came oh, out... video. It came out <laughs> May 20... <laughs> this is a whole video is a lie. Right. It's a, not only a lie, but I think it would have been... <laughs> it's a big lie. George, that's not how you do it. What are you doing, George? They should have just had this, this him on black the whole time. Yeah, just and then singing. just have an actor or something for the other parts. Yeah, yeah. Well, no, not even story. that. Just keep it on happening. <laughs> it would have been just as effective. That's true. It's just weird in hindsight. Yeah. Not, not, that's that's the wrong way. To, it's not weird. It's just, it's humorous in hindsight because... He could be himself. Yeah, there yeah. you go. You know, so, well, that makes it sad in the same time. There's a show out there where it takes place in the 70s or 80s. Probably the 80s, and they're like... Man, we want to be like our idols, like manly men, like George Michael and Elton John. Well, that was referenced what in was Brothers that? Grimsby too, where uh, that was he's it. Like, he's that like was in his bedroom. Going he's going to be yeah. disordered that a lot of our kings were actually queens or something <laughs> yeah. like that. And it showed Freddie, George Michael, and That's Elton the John. One. That's yeah. the one. Okay. Yeah, I was so. going to let the listeners tell me what that was, but <laughs> sorry. Yeah, Whoops. That's okay. Yeah. They, got, they got plenty to write to One of my t- favorite films of last year, Brothers Grimsby. Don't check it out if you haven't seen it or listen to the episode. Yeah. One of the funniest films I've ever seen in my life. But yeah, my pick for the top film of 1985 came out May 22nd. Oh, Didn't something else come out of May? No, the May closest one to that. May 22nd. It was oh, uh, no. Goonies came out in June, so this was May 22nd. I remember that day like it was yesterday. I had the radio <laughs> going and... Uh, and strangely enough... I think I had this song playing. On the way to the theater. One of my favorites, probably one of the best songs of the year, if I had to do a top ten. Actually, I should do, should have done that for these countdowns. My favorite songs of the year. Oh, no, that's a whole other series to do after we do yeah, the top films. There you go. There you go. Yeah, later. And then yeah. we'll play clips from the movies. That yeah, there you go. You would have been going to see this movie. <laughs> yeah. So if you remember the other one. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, strangely enough, this is May 22nd. Uh, go back to the charts. When did this peak at number, or become number one? Actually, May 18th. Yeah. Well, Breakfast Club came out February 15th. So there's a, uh, what is that? Where am I? Where am I looking? Three months, three month, right? Three month lag for, from the, basically the identifiable song from right. The Breakfast Club was actually number one. So I guess it, it must have, you know, Probably up the charts, the up the charts, yeah. and that's when it peaked. But you'd be driving to the theater on May 22nd, remembering how great The Breakfast Club was and how you should have seen Back to the Future opening night and then saw Breakfast Club on a Saturday to make it more thematic since The Breakfast Club took place on a Saturday. And you'd be like... Hmm. Well, anyway, let's go see this movie, a sequel covered on the podcast, and none other than the winner of our top 100 character showdown, John Rambo. Rambo, ah. First Blood, Part 2. This is... I'm in this group on Facebook, and I keep hesitating to invite friends to it because I'm aggravated with it. Because I'm, I, I vote in it, and I vote like... The, the topic is like, like, for right now, it's a bracket. It's a bracket thing. It's best 80s action movie. Okay. Well, let me tell you already. Uh, Commando lost to Beverly Hills Cop. Oh, wow. Uh, Rambo lost to Predator, which I, I understand. I, okay, okay. But again, Predator is a... How close, though? Like, it was a blowout. I was oh, like, wow. I was highly disappointed. But people aren't voting. Again, like I meant when I... That's why I said it at the beginning of the podcast. Mm-hmm. This, these are my favorite films, not the best films. Although sure. some of these definitely would be on the same list. But if I did it, I could do a best list of 85, and I could do... A favorite list of 85 and there will be some crossover but the numbers are going to be different you know the play, Rambo wouldn't be the best film made in 1985 yeah but I'll be damned if it's not one of the greatest action movies ever made right because again much like Commando a product of the 80s and 
the whole plot line of Rocky Four. So is Rambo First Blood Part Two again? Russian, you know. He, uh, first of all, we win Vietnam based on his, you know, sir. We get to win this time, you know, because he's going back to Vietnam. And also, remember, if you listen to our episode on it, written by Jim Cameron. So they're, you know, in, you know, and anyway, but dig that bracket thing. The reason I don't invite people. Uh, it's because like, I'm going to give it this bracket. If this doesn't go the way I think, I'm not even going to bother voting anymore because it makes me too angry. <laughs> but people just like vote. You know, I'm vote like, uh, like for example, it was today was Predator versus the Terminator. And I picked, you know, oh, these, this is a good sci-fi mash. You know, I explain my choice. But I say, yeah, it's, it's a tough call between these two, but I'll give it to Predator because I think it's a little more on the action side. If you say 80s action, Terminator doesn't jump to mind. Predator would be on the list, like yeah. without even thinking. And Terminator probably would be on it too, obviously, but I would go to Predator first because it is an action slash horror slash slasher slash. It's a multi-genre film. Yeah. But in no way, and when you're in a, a movie that is supposed to be the best, the '80s action. Right. Okay. Now, not action adventure. So no Indiana Jones on the countdown, which I raised the question like, well, you got action comedy and sci-fi action. Where's Indiana Jones? Right. But anyway, that's an that's neither here nor there. This is eighties revisit. This is I control this. I'm not god of that bracket, but I am god here. But anyway, so you know when somebody asked me, when somebody asked me to pick, oh, what do you, would you know? What is the best eighties action movie? Hmm, that's that's tougher. Let me think about that. Probably Die Hard, without question. Why not Rambo? Because it's a it's such a product. It, see, it's a hard choice. It's like it's almost like flipping a coin. I'm happy with the eating result. Yeah. But it, my fa- I I like Rambo a bit more because it's so over the top. It, but I don't know. It's it, when you when I'm saying it out loud, I start to like doubt even what I'm saying. You know what I'm saying? Saying saying a lot now. Mm-hmm. But uh, anyway, what I'm getting at is that in this group I'm in, it's just like people just vote like uh, Terminator. They don't explain anything. Just like oh, or I haven't seen Predator, but I like Terminator, so Terminator. So automatically, you're voting. It's, it's like the election here. Everything's skewed. <laughs> you know, it's not like so. But then, like, people will type like paragraphs of like explaining their thing. I'm like, okay, I don't agree with your choice, but you explained it well, and that makes sense for why sure. you would pick that. You know, great discussion. I thrive on discussion. That's the only bad thing about not having you know another part like Daniel. When him not seeing these movies, like, okay, what did you like about this movie? What didn't you like about this movie? Oh, you didn't like this? Yeah. You know, so that's always it's a missing piece a miss- without Daniel here. Having not seen these movies, but uh, yeah, so I don't know. It's super tangent right there, but anyway, Rambo <laughs> is my number one pick for '85 because so influential. Rambo and a lot, several of these movies did. I mean, it became a you know, Arnold permeated the culture by it being oh yeah, Schwarzenegger movie, but Rambo perpetrated the culture with the character, you know. Uh, Terminator is a good example on Arnold's side, how like that, and but honestly, that really wasn't until T2 in the 90s. You know, Terminator 2 would arguably want to be one of the top action films ever made, bar none. Aliens. Uh, but again, those are sci-fi, so uh, also have a sci-fi leaning. So what Rambo First Blood Part 2 is, the only genre it is, is action. You could say it's drama, because it, Stallone has his touch in and Jim Jim Cameron cannot write a movie without having some form of love story in there in some form or fashion even if it's so tightly squeezed in that it's one character getting gunned down in a ditch and then Rambo saying I'm sorry and wearing her necklace for the rest of the movie mm. you know so but when I think 80s action and it's funny I think of the movie poster to Rambo yeah as a kid that was like my god I want to I want that rocket launcher you know I I want to like I would I tied clothes around my head to make a Rambo headband. I, that was my ideal uh, of just that as an action hero. And, you know, in hindsight, you know, in, in the 80s, it was Stallone or Schwarzenegger, and they, it was, they, all, they took jabs at each other all the time. One of the best ones was not in the 80s, but in the 90s with Last Action Hero, where they're in the video store, and the kid's with Schwarzenegger, and he, they see the Terminator 2 poster, but it's Stallone's yeah. head. He's like, what? This isn't right. That's supposed to be you. He's like, what, are you kidding? I love this guy. <laughs> you know, and there's, and, but they're really good friends now, you, you know? Yeah. And it's just like, they're both, and people just want to either diss Stallone, oh, Stallone's movie sucks. Well, Stallone's got some Oscars under his belt. Yeah. Schwarzenegger doesn't have any Oscars. <laughs> I mean, started it, off with one, really. Yeah, with Rocky. Yeah. Nominated for Best Actor. I mean, you can't, don't tell me Stallone can't act. 
and nominated a couple years ago for Creed for Best Supporting, you know, in terms yeah. of acting. You know, now, haven't done Rhinestone yet, but we've seen the videos. Everybody oh makes a bad movie or two. Sure. But, you know, pound for pound, if you want to look at acting in terms of quality, Stallone's got it. I mean, he can, the, the, the man can act. Granted, he doesn't pick the, the right projects all the time or in the past, but he's proven. I mean, Schwarzenegger has never made me cry. <laughs> That's true. You know, even with, oh, I know why you cry. <laughs> it's more like, yeah, you're, you're like, yeah, it's awesome. But, you know, I mean, watch Creed, Rocky Balboa, uh, uh, John Rambo. I mean, still, especially in his old age now where he's gone back to what made him famous to begin with in terms of action drama. Yeah. With Rocky, and then of course he did Rocky. Or everybody cried in the movie he was in last, which was uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two. No, oh, yeah, watched that just <laughs> uh, night before last. Yeah, so good. And there was a, like, I wish James Gunn would make a movie with the like they they kind of they didn't hint at, but they had that deleted scene or that post credit scene, like let's go do some thieving. Right, right. Like I want to see that movie now. <laughs> yeah. You know, Michelle Yeoh, Michael Clark, not Michael Clark Duncan. Oh my God, rest in peace. Yeah, uh, Marcellus Wallace. I can't think. Ving Rhames. Yeah, and Stallone right. like doing that now. Sign me up. That'd be fantastic. <laughs> but yeah, in my I mean, they all played legitimate characters. Yeah. So I mean, and it's they played them well. Yeah. yeah. Throw enough money at him, he'll do it. Yeah, but is you know, is it going to fit in the Marvel Cinematic Universe? There have been things that I didn't think would fit, like Guardians, Guardians of the Galaxy. Galaxy. <laughs> I mean, next that to Captain America, well. that's the best franchise they got going. It is. Yeah. And honestly, I mean, Captain America is fantastic, but like, I don't. I'm not going to rewatch the Winter Soldier. Right. Repeatedly. Yeah. But I've watched the Guardians of the Galaxy movies. The second one, since I bought it or got it in from Amazon the other, last earlier this week, I've already watched it twice. Mm. You know, it's a good background type movie, but it's just enjoyable. I mean, you know, to feel for a CGI raccoon takes some talent, <laughs> you know, in acting, animation, screenwriting, yeah. everything, you know. I mean, and they, James Gunn nailed it. And it, it's a shame it took him so long to, you know, starting from trauma films to, you know, it's a shame that. I mean, it's it's fantastic that he's at the level he's at now because he's deserved to be be there for a while. If you ask me, yeah. going back to Slither and Super, I mean, God, what a fucking movie Super was. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so that's my personal pick. When I th- 1985 to me, the film that best encapsulates it for the like, if you had to pick like films to put in a time capsule to help to best describe the 80s, this would be a tough, tough pick. If you could only pick one film from 1985, I mean, there's the argument for Rambo, Back to the Future, Goonies. Any of these, except, you know, Vampire Hunter D wouldn't, or Clue necessarily wouldn't be a good snapshot of the 80s. But, uh, I mean, if you had to pick one, that's the problem. I mean, oh, like Back to the Future, oh, but the Goonies. <laughs> but, you know, if I had to do that, I would go at Rambo because it is a, Rambo First Blood Part Two is an absolute product of its time. Although now the Russians are bad guys again. Yeah. So they're coming back. <laughs> We're going to have a, the string of Russian, back, Russian terrorist movies. We're not going to have any Afghanistanis or Pakistanis or it's going back to the Russians. So that Cold War hysteria is back in the public mind. But uh, some honorable mentions. There were many other fantastic films that came out in 85. Uh, Day of the Dead, the original Fright Night, Mad Max 3, Beyond Thunderdome, Teen Wolf, Weird Science. We did that one a few weeks ago. Return to Oz, Better Off Dead, Reanimator, and Friday the 13th, Part 5. And worst film, this was hard because, honestly, most of the films that I, I had seen that came out, I love to be perfectly honest with you, there's really not, there's nothing like a rhinestone level <laughs> that, uh, that like spoke to me in terms of looking at it. But my pick was uh, Red Sanja because even Arnold couldn't really help that movie be watchable more than once. Well, the Razzie me. Awards. Um... Funny you mentioned that. Oh, okay. You already got that. <laughs> yep. Great. And I do not agree. But uh, anyway, but before we get to the worst, I've sure. given you my pick for the worst, but let's talk about what the, uh, the peers in the motion picture industry thought were the best. The Academy Awards. Uh, best Picture went to Out of Africa. Best Director went to Sidney Pollock for Out of Africa. Best Actor, William Hurt for Kiss of the Spider Woman. Rest in peace. He passed away last year, I believe. Or was it earlier this year? Who? William Hurt. William Hurt was this year, I believe. I can't remember. It was definitely recent. Uh, and then Best Actress went to Geraldine Page, who I have no clue who she is, for The Trip to Bountiful, which I never heard of that movie. Oh, wait, no. John Hurt. Yeah. Oops, sorry. I mean, it's left the table and deafening anybody listening. William uh, Hurt is still alive. Uh, yeah. Sorry, I didn't mean to scare too. people. Like, what? What? I love William Hurt. I even had the right guy pictured in my head. I was like, yeah, the war doctor. Yeah, exactly. Like January 2017. Yep, yep. So, yeah, John Hurt was who I was thinking of, but William Hurt 
uh, took home the Best Actor for Kiss of the Spider-Woman in 1985. And as you were mentioning, Jesse, the Razzies, their choice for Worst Picture was my choice for the best, my favorite film, I should say, of 1985, Rambo First Blood Part Two. Weird. I know. God, what does that mean? But they also said the Worst Director was Sylvester Stallone for Rocky IV. And Worst Actor was Sylvester Stallone for Rambo First Blood Part Two and Rocky IV. Worst Actress, however, Stallone was obviously ineligible for that. So Linda Blair took it home for Night Patrol, Savage Island, and Savage Streets. I don't know if that's all one title or just two or possibly three different movies. Hmm. But uh, I would not agree with that worst picture director or actor in regards to that. But the Razzies hate Stallone. He's like their highest. I believe we talked about that on one of these episodes like this, that that he's basically their uh, favorite uh, dead horse, so to speak, to beat in terms of giving out uh, Razzies. Hmm. So I don't agree with that. But hey, if you don't like action movies, you're not going to like it. And again, like, still, you know, he did Rocky, and then in terms of film quality, I would I wouldn't say it plummeted, but in terms of Oscar contenders, yeah, he, he his films plummeted and then peaked, you know, went back up lately. Uh, but you know, all Stallone's fantastic, even in the even some of his haven't done Rhinestone yet, but we're getting there. So <laughs> that's going to be like a worst film of the. Uh, Worst films of the 80s type thing, like month or something. But I threw Halloween and manga first, or anime first, so we'll get there. But yeah, uh, in terms of rounding out uh, the top tens for 1985, the highest grossing films, very similar. A lot of familiar names on this list. Number one was Back to the Future, $210 million for in 1985 money, so adjust that for inflation. The next closest film was Rambo, part two, and that one was $60 million less at 150, which that's like... You know, for a Marvel movie, that's practically opening weekend almost for uh, some movies these days. Uh, but Stallone was number three again with Rocky IV, 127 million. And then your first real dramatic Oscar type contender movie was number four with uh, The Color Purple at 94 million. And the best picture winner out of Africa, 87. Number six was Cocoon, a fantastic Ron Howard film at 76 million. Jewel of the Nile was 75. Harrison Ford made the countdown number eight with Witness. At 68 million, and then they're the Goonies at number nine, 61, which that kind of shocked me. It seems like that would have been much more successful than 61 million at the box office. Hmm. But I'm sure if you look at the rentals, it probably eclipses a lot of these in terms of rentals, if I had to guess. And rounding out the top 10, Spies Like Us with 60 million in 1985 money. And as we started, I think last time I did one of these countdowns, uh, also just to, you know, because we don't do any of the other segments when we do this, this one, uh, the music, uh, the Grammys, the record of the year went to. Quincy Jones for We Are the World, uh, which we heard earlier. And uh, actually, uh, Song of the Year went to Phil Collins for No Jacket Required. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Pardon me. Album of the Year, excuse me, went to Phil Jock. Phil, Phil, I don't know what I was going to say there. Phil Collins for <laughs> No Jacket Required. And Song of the Year again went to We Are the World. Uh, Michael Jackson, Lionel Richie, the songwriters took home the Grammy for that. And the best new artist. Now, I always called her Sade. Oh, Sade. Yep. Okay, is that how you actually pronounce it? I think so. Okay, because I always called her Sade because I've never heard it pronounced. So that's that's why I wanted to preface it that it might be be pronounced the way that I pronounce it. So we're gonna find out for sure. So let's see. Oh, come on, say it. Oh, Sade. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, Sade. Nope. I got a I got a wrinkle in my brain for learning that today. (laughs) I was always like, oh, Sade. Yeah. What was that song? She has a. I think it's By Your Side. That's the song I know by. I'll be there by your side, baby. Pardon my singing. This isn't a Halloween karaoke party. I don't have any alcohol in me. But yeah, so Sade. Hmm. No, no ordinary love. I don't remember that one. I don't. Uh, it's a thing 90s, right? Not sure. <laughs> I only know By Your Side, and there's one other song, like not King oh, of Pain, 80s. but something else that she sang. And it's fast forward to the that easy listening 80s music yeah. this is like you know when the hero brings when the protagonist brings you know the female detective home to like study the case and they look at the files and one of them gets turned on and makes a sexually sexually suggestive comment this is what you hear in the background and then you know the uh, backlit neon lights through the blinds yeah. black the silhouettes, silhouettes yeah. kissing stomachs and negligees dropping off all yeah. to Sade baby making music <laughs> pretty much yeah, by your sides. Uh, that's the only song I can actively think. By her, that's a really great song. Love that I song. Fast forward to it. Same, same setting, just not underwater. <laughs> yeah, 
So was the other one a sequel to this video? That was her thing, huh? Or they just filmed them all on the same set. Like, okay, yeah. this one's gonna be, you're gonna go in the water. Yeah, I like that I song. I remember that one. That's the only song. I can, there's something of, not King of Pain. There's one other song by her I know, but I can't think of the name of it. But it's something with pain in the title, I thought. But, oh well. I know That's either here nor there. Not this one. But yeah, that kind of wraps up 1985 in a nutshell. Uh, let us know what you think. 80srevisit at gmail.com. Remember, there's no wrong answers here in terms of your top film. This is what your favorite film is. I'm sure most of your favorite films were probably on this countdown in my top 10. But hey, I know there's some Day of the Dead fans. I know there's some Fright Night fans. There's even some Friday the 13th Part 5 fans. There might be two of you out there. And you probably, neither of you probably listen to this podcast. But, you know, <laughs> hey, let us know what you think on Twitter. Uh, you know, uh, Ben, that the Asia Mania podcast still razzes me sometimes about like not being on Twitter enough. But uh, What's your tweet? What's your Twitter handle? 80srevisited at gmail.com. I mean, what? 80s revisited at 80s revisited yeah, on Twitter. At 80s revisited. <laughs> That's why. I mean, my regular one is at. I don't remember what my like, non one is, but that's the one I check. That's yeah, the, one yeah, that's the that's, default one. So that's, that's the one. If that you need matters. to tweet me, Trey Harris, you do it at 80s revisited. There you go. And hey, if I get more tweets, I'll be more inclined to check it and be active on it. That's 80s revisited. K S T. No, I'm just kidding. Because <laughs> spelling's not my strong suit either. I guess. Yeah. But all right, guys and girls, that's it for us. I got to get home and watch Game of Thrones. It's the season finale to further date this podcast. So no yeah. spoilers here. Until no next spoilers. week. And you next see what that dragon did? Holy oh shit. Oh, my God. And, and uh, let's make some bold predictions. I think... Oh, shit. We haven't watched it yet. Okay. We haven't watched it yet. Exactly. Yeah, so <laughs> it's a bold prediction. It's the season finale. Cersei's going to dismiss all of them, and somebody's got to die. But who? Shit. I gotta think. I need more time to think. Uh, let's see. I think the wall's gonna die. The wall's gonna come. Night King will actually enter Westeros proper. That dragon's proper. just gonna blow that shit up. <laughs> I could see that happening. Yeah. But Cersei's gonna do some like totally Cersei type thing and oh, for sure. throw them all in jail, capture them. Everybody, they're all captured. John and Daenerys are captured, and the Night King is in Westeros marching on. Or at least Tyrion's recaptured or something. Or something. Yeah, something's yeah. gonna happen to where like, oh shit, to where we cannot wait. Right. Till the next season, so it's going to be how right we are, or how wrong we are right now, because <laughs> everyone listening has already seen it if yeah, they watch it. If they watched it last night, which you should, because spoilers will probably abound immediately. Yeah. I'm afraid to even check Facebook. I, right I'm now. not going on Facebook. So yeah. not until I watch it. I so yeah, it's. I just hope Jorah doesn't die. I hope uh, hey, Ron doesn't die, and I don't want. Uh, who's my other favorite? Uh, Davos. Mm. Devos, Jorah, and Bronn. Those are my three favorite. And the ha- I love the ha- Hound is so awesome. Yeah. But I don't think he's going to... I'm just waiting for the Clegane Bowl. <laughs> that to happen. So we'll see. But anyway, everybody. Uh, next week... Uh, I don't know yet. So follow us on Twitter. Yes. And we'll tell you what the movie is. But uh, we only got a few episodes so we get into Halloween Horror. And we're actually... Just a pre- this isn't part of Halloween Horror. But the prequel episode will be Creepshow 2. I can tell you that much. It won't be next week. But uh, I did communicate with the Creep Show Museum again this year. Last cool. year we were late on the ball, getting back with each other and setting it up. But we'll have an interview with him uh, regarding that on that episode when we cover Creep Show too. So that one will be a week or two down the road. But uh, again, follow us on Twitter to see what the next episode is, and we'll let I'll let you know in some form or fashion on Twitter. But until then, I remain Trey Harris, Jesse Sedgley, Cowabunga. On Facebook.com slash AwesomePods. And follow us on Twitter at AwesomePods. Pods.